0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, o Lord. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So, during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: God bless you all (laughs) so much. As I was looking out upon all of you, I I feel like I had this sense of what Jesus felt when he was with the people that he loved. You know, I spent nearly two years with with all of you now. And as we celebrate this Holy Thursday, the, the things we celebrate, we celebrate the priesthood, the Eucharist, and also serving one another. You know, the things that Christ actually commanded us to do as we prepare for the greatest event that ever happened in the entirety of the world. There's a lot of amazing events that happen, but none greater than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the reason that we're all here, and it is the thing we are preparing for. And all the things happen that happen on Holy Thursday set the stage for what's going to happen for the rest of our Christian lives. It's the things that Jesus gave us to do until he comes again, and we hear that in one of the second readings. There's something I wanted to read to you, and um, I think some of you have probably read this book. It's a great little book. It's not too big either. It's called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. It's an amazing, amazing part of this book. On page 36, it's basically an accounting for what the early church had. So you you imagine this, right? It says, one can imagine them gathering for their first evangelization committee meeting. So perhaps we could think of the Last Supper, the Passover, as being that for the apostles. Our agenda, to bring the gospel to Christ, to bring the gospel of Christ to the world. Our resources, bishops, 11, priests, Same number. Deacons, none. Trained theologians, none. Religious orders, none. Seminarians, none. Seminaries, none. Christian believers, a few hundred. Countries with Christians in them, one. Church buildings, none. Schools and universities, none. Written gospels, none. Money, very little. Experience in foreign missions, none. Influential contacts in high places, next to none. Societal attitude towards us, ignorant to hostile. Not a whole lot has changed except the resources that we have, right? The last part kind of remains true, ignorant to hostile. It's an amazing reality, but the thing that this book actually points to is that Sometimes the illusion of the things that we have, this beautiful church, and all the resources, that we, the schools, the universities, the religious orders, all the richness that we have in the church are certainly amazing and wonderful resources that we've had and we've grown and that we've built. But none of those things matter in comparison to the gift of the Holy Spirit that the apostles are preparing to receive. A lot of times we count and we quantify all these different things that we have. But yet, charged with the fire of the Holy Spirit, all of those statistics could get thrown out the window because they don't matter when we remember how the church started. We're starting with so much more than they have, but yet we still have the ignorant and hostility kind of pushing up against us, right? But we have to remember, it's not about these things that we can count not about the things that we can see and touch. It's about the gifts that Christ gave us. He gives us priests to give us the Eucharist, and then eventually those apostles, those same apostles, received the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, they just kept changing the world and changing the world and changing the world just by preaching his message with none of the things that you would think that anybody needs to start the greatest thing that had ever been you know the catholic church that christ gave to the world and so we're reminded on a day like this of the things that we need to focus on the things that are most important fixtures of our faith as so christ gathers these first priests together so that they can consecrate the eucharist so that we can all receive it into our lives And there's nothing that reminds us of how important that is when we look at the empty tomb, the empty tabernacle, right, with Jesus not in it right now. There's something about that emptiness in this moment that reminds us how important it really is to have it. And I think the last two years, especially in the very beginning of the pandemic, when we didn't have Christ, there's kind of a panic-stricken feeling about that. You know, and a lot of us realized how much we actually needed it as soon as it was taken away from us, right? It's often the way that things go in our life. So today, we focus on those things that the Lord commanded us to do. The things he actually asks of us. When he washed the apostles' feet, what does he say? I give you a model. Go and do likewise. He's given an example, and then he commands us to go out and do something. Eventually as they learn with Christ for three years, their training for three years. It was a lot shorter of a seminary formation in that day. Three years as opposed to the eight that, that had spent Father Carey and I in the, in the seminary. But in that time that Jesus spent with the apostles, go, preach the gospel. You know, the other day I was here doing the school mass, just yesterday actually, and I like to give them liturgical quizzes And so I take out, like, all of our vessels that have, like, really hard old Latin names. And I see if anybody knows, like, what the name of them are, right? You know, so I took out the item that we incense with. And I'm like, what is this called? And then, you know, just blank stares, you know. So, like, we say the thurible or the censer. And we go through all of that. And then we go through, like, the ciborium and, you know, the chalice and the tabernacle, all these different things that we have. The aspergillum, the little wand that we flick the holy water with. All these things that would be really hard. Just to realize that there's one thing. There's, it takes us preparation to do what the Lord commanded us to do. Just imagine for this Mass today, how much preparation went into that. And then what, is, what does the Lord say to his apostles? Go and make preparations for the Passover. So he gives us something to do, and then every one of us, in conjunction with each other, the faithful, volunteers, musicians, sacristans, all kinds of people gather together to do what the Lord commanded us to do. When I elevate this chalice, you'll notice that there's a rim around that chalice in blue enamel, and it says in Latin, do this in memory of me. But the word that stares me in the face when I elevate it before me, the word that I'm looking out is the Latin word facite. Do this. That's what the Lord is telling us to do. I give you a model. Go and do likewise. This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in memory of me. We, We cannot ever forget the core of our faith, the things that Jesus told us to do. Go, preach. These are imperatives Go preach the gospel. Do, as I have given you an example, do this in memory of me. If we focus on these things that we celebrate today at Holy Thursday, we will never go astray if we continue for these things to be our focus. But if we start getting outside of things and we think it's about the churches, the schools, the universities, the programs, the money, all those things, we start to kind of lose our way a little bit always have to come back to that spot in the church where we had almost nothing but the things that the Lord gave us on that holy night, on that holy Thursday, on that Passover meal where he gave us the Eucharist, the priesthood, and a model of service to each other. If you keep that in your hearts and in your minds, you need almost no resources in your life because you have everything that the Lord needed to give you. If we continue doing those things, if we continue doing those things, we will be the people that preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. God bless you all and have a blessed triduum.